Hear the word of God from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 3 and 11 through 32. This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against you and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years, I have been working like a slave for you and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. Thank you, David. It's the fourth Sunday in Lent. Can you hear me all right? It's the fourth Sunday in Lent. That means Easter's around the corner for those who aren't uh, maybe into Lent. Uh, The Lent is those 40 days where we clear out the gunk to open us up to prepare for the risen Christ. And today's message, the, the, the title of today's message is Getting Unstuck from Our Own Ways That Gunk Us Up. So let's pause for just a moment. That was a long reading. How many of you glazed over? Don't lie. We're in church. All right, let's pray. God, we acknowledge that uh, you are here, or we believe that, we believe in the possibility that you're here with us. Calm our thoughts, attune our hearts, and inspire us. I pray that my words might not get in the way, but would aid 
whatever message you have for each person. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So I want to tell you about the one of the most successful tourism marketing campaigns ever. Started in 2003, right? Uh, and let's see if you can do this. Let's see if you remember. I don't want you to shout it out. So I'm going to read the sentence in the blanks, and then we're going to try to do it together. Ready? Go ahead and put that slide up. What happens in blank stays in blank. Ready? Let's do it together. What happens in stays in Vegas, baby. Sin City. Sin City. Sin City and that tourism campaign subtly marketed, just, just subtly, unbridled debauchery. Didn't it? It kind of just marketed like, what stays, you know, what happens there stays in here. So how many of you have actually been to Las Vegas? Okay, great. Now, for those of you who haven't, put your hands up high. All right. Yeah. You should go. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. Come back to church after. So, so I want to suggest to you that metaphorically speaking, all of us have been to Vegas, baby. Every single one of us. Maybe not the little kids in the room, but the, the older, we, older that we get, we've all been to Vegas. And so I think that at times in our lives, we've had these self-indulgent times in our lives, and we've, quote, squandered ourselves, like the scripture says, and describes it in dissolute living. We've all had that, I think. And if there was ever a person, I want to share a per, if there was ever a person who spent most of his time in Vegas, it was my dad, my father, my Jimmy is his name. And he couldn't break patterns. He left his family, he hurt his family. He left scars that lasted a lifetime. He took all that he was given. And he squandered it. So this was a guy, this was my dad, who had never met my kids, Russell and Bella. Seven and nine years old. This was about five years ago. He wasn't well, I knew it. And so I wanted to take my kids to go meet him for what I knew in my heart would be the one and only time. So we made that trip up to Pennsylvania we got to my grandmother's house, no joke, 20 minutes after we arrived, the phone call. You know, and I'm thinking, that's drunk, you know, but that's not what it was. It was, he's in the hospital, and you got to go. 20 minutes after we got there. So we went. We went. And things weren't looking particularly good, but in that drabby, desolate, stuffy hospital room, laid an emaciated man that had been in Vegas most of his life. Beaten down by his own choices and his own brokenness. It was, it was a sad sight. But you know what he was? He was genuinely remorseful in part because he had spent a lifetime of suffering. And although my dad didn't know it then... He had my forgiveness long before I ever walked into that room. I never had a 
chance to tell him face to face. And we spent some time talking about kind of his bad choices. And I told him of my love and forgiveness and he accepted it gratefully. But I'm not telling you that story to make me out the hero or any of that stuff. The forgiveness that happened was years of therapy and God changing my heart. <laughs> I can tell you that, right? So it has nothing to do with me. I'm telling you the story because I want you to hear what happened after that. So here's a man. His toes are black. And he's coughing and he's, he's emaciated. And he accepts this forgiveness. And I start talking to him about Jesus. Jesus' love and how it knows no bounds. And that all one needs to do is turn. That there's nothing he could have ever done or failed to do that would separate him from the love that's found in Christ's life, death, and resurrection. Nothing. And I was holding his head looking at it and telling him and looking into these deep, dark, broken eyes. And I said, do you understand that? And he looked at me with his eyes and he said, I hope so. I hope so. Now that may be some of you today. That you might be in some area of your life, people might not even know it, some way where you're separating yourselves from God or others, some way that you're hurting other people, or maybe you're in the shadows of brokenness and deception, or maybe there's late night texts, or maybe there's late night journeys onto the internet to go to places we shouldn't go. Or maybe, you're, maybe that's not it. Maybe you're anchored to the past. Maybe there's a... There, there's a heavy weight on your, on your shoulders because of shame and regret for something that you have done or something that you have failed to do. And you too might be thinking, God, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. But I know there are also people here who can't relate to that. who can't relate to that bold self-centeredness. Maybe you've never been to Vegas. Now, I put up on social media this week, at least on Facebook, I can't remember if I did on Twitter, what keeps you stuck, right? What keeps you stuck? And some people posted in the place where you could see it, and then some people private messaged me. And I want to read you a private message that I got. And he gave me permission. I'm not going to say his name either. He's not here. Anyway, so, okay. All right, so this is what he said. He said, I'm stuck in hatred with some people who have different political views than me, and I serve with them. I've tried a lot of things, and yet I still find myself having good old-fashioned hatred for them. I hate it. This is a church person. Not at this church. Now, some of us aren't in Vegas, but we're still stuck watching Vegas, watching other people. We're scoffing at others. We're judging them internally and feeling a deep sense, the ego loves this, of moral superiority over others. If they just knew better or like me or had my views. 
we secretly hope that that son of yours, whoever that is for you, will experience a befitting fall or punishment in some way, shape, or form. We're all guilty of it. I know I am at times. Or we just prefer they just stay in Vegas and please never come back. Ever. Friends, if you're in either place at either time, you're stuck. You are stuck. And so this story, I think, illustrates two ways we get primarily stuck. Well, the first most obvious is the dude out in Vegas who's debauchery, and you know that's, that's obvious. But the subtle parts are these ways, where you throw it up, please. Inability to receive and the inability to give. We can't receive it, and it's hard for us to give it to the people difficult in our lives. So our story today, well, before we get there, I want you to say this with me. I get stuck in my inability to receive. Say that with me. I get stuck with my inability to receive. Now, I get stuck in my inability to give. I get stuck. Well, the gospel story, which is often referred to as the gospel within the gospel, gives us a picture of how we might Get that plaque out. So the scripture passages that David read so beautifully would been highly offensive. We read it. We've heard it before. But like they would have been highly offensive to those who were hearing it. Now the story's targeted at religious leaders. Think priests, pastors, and deacons. To people like me into good religious folk, right? Now, Jesus is eating and having fellowship with two sets of excluded and despised groups. Two sets. And the leaders have a point. They have some good reasons to be irritated. We forget that. They had some really good reasons. Here's why. The first are the tax collectors. These tax collectors have been fleecing the church. They've been cooperating with a foreign power who was occupying them, and they were taking money from the poor and skimming off the top for themselves. You'd be irritated too. I just filled my taxes out, and I was mad. (laughs) So you got that. And then you have this category, and we hear it, sinners, right? So that category umbrella means people who were excommunicated from the synagogue. Right, And so that could be people who couldn't keep the law because they were poor, but it also could mean that people are like, I'm not going to keep the law. So people who couldn't or wouldn't keep the law. So no wonder they were irritated. So David read it in a very nice voice, but I'm going to read it in the way that I like to listen to it. The first part. Ready? Here we go. Got it up there? There it is. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Now we jumped right to the third parable. There are two that precede it. And they're both about being lost and found. The first one is the sheep and the second one is the coin. Now, what's, they, they have some parallels to our story today, but there's some differences too. The first is they're lost, and we don't know why they're lost. 
We don't know why they're lost. We just know that they're lost. And then what we also find out is that the, the person in the story who represents God goes on a quest and search to try to find him. That works really, really hard to go and find the sheep in the coin. And when they do, it's like celebrated, all right? And so this, re, this represents uh, repentance. So they find something that's lost, they turn around, and all of heaven celebrates. All of heaven. And the Pharisees weren't celebrating this at all, right? And so, they, so Jesus was trying to point to God's love there. It would have rocked their world. And if that wouldn't have been bad enough, but he wants to, re- he wants to like, get it a little bit more with these religious leaders. He wants to poke them just a little bit further. So then it gets to this story, what we heard. The prodigal differs, and it's probably not rightly named. It probably shouldn't be about the prodigal son. It probably be, should be about something else that we'll talk about. It's even more infuriating because the younger guy is somebody who intentionally turns their back, who intentionally um, shames the church and shames God. He wants to get lost. It's not somebody who is lost. It's somebody who says, I'm going to go get lost. Sin City, here I come. Give me some money to go, please. And he's not only destroying himself, but he's destroying those closest around him and he's destroying the community too. He's an embarrassment. So the younger brother's bold self-centeredness and entitlement has led to his own physical and mental suffering, and he's filled with overwhelming shame and regret. And notice something about God here. This is really important about this parable. What does God do? He waits. He doesn't go and search for him. Do you notice that's the difference between those two? God goes, I'm going to give you and let you go. But it doesn't say he goes and search for him, does it? And so the first two parables about God going to search, and this one's about God waiting, waiting for us, waiting to turn around. So then it pivots to the loyal, good, lifelong, obedient elder son. How many of those folks do we have in here? Don't lie. All the people that laughed. So the older son has contempt for his sibling's character and behavior. And it's understandable, but he's also gripped by this deep resentment towards the father's mercy. His response to the father's mercy, I'm going to do it in that voice again. The, the father says, um, he's alive. And he says, listen, for all these years, I've been working like a slave for you. And I have never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, and I told you so, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Can you hear that? I think the older brother would have liked to go to Vegas but he was too obedient to do it. Kind of showed his cards a little bit. I want to suggest to you 
that inside each of us, we have both. We have both the younger brother and the older brother. But this story, I want us to pivot from that. That's what often we we, we focus on because it's named the prodigal son. And the focus is on the older brother, really, for Jesus. But we even need to pivot from that. If you're like the younger brother, lost in suffering because of your own pride or your own secrets, or you're, you have that question in your mind like, I sure hope so. My dad did. I want you to, I mean, I guess I invite you to believe that God is waiting for you. And I want to give you this verse to take with you today and for the whole week. Luke 15, 20 is your verse. You put it up there, there it is. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. And he ran and put his arms around him. I want to read it again. Put up the next slide for me, will you? But I actually would like for you to put your name in there. So I'm going to read it, but close your eyes and say your name to yourself. But while was still far off, God saw and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around and kissed you. If you're struggling with a sin or a brokenness in your life, I encourage you this week to read that scripture each day. Put it on your phone app or have it pop up as a reminder so that you can more receive God's mercy in your life. But if you have more of the older brother in you in this season, stuck in resentment and moral superiority, or maybe even like my friend, hatred, then the last two verses are for you this week. Let's check them out. Throw the slide up for me. Son, you are always with me, and all that, I, all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. Now here's the hard part for us as older brothers in our lives. Some of the people haven't repented and turned around, right? They're still in Vegas or creating chaos or whatever in our lives. So... That's the best case scenario that they're turned around. But we can still remember the way that God sees the younger brother. A guy in my men's group said the difference between equality and equity is significant. E- equality is everybody gets the same. Equity is what everyone needs. The brother needed more. That person in your life needs more. So, again, often what gets highlighted with the, the older brother is his unwillingness to go into the party, 
But that's not what I think the focus should be in our reading today. I think it should be that the father went to him too. He left the party. And what Jesus was saying to those religious leaders is that you're, you're a part too. And if we have resentment and chaos and hatred towards our brothers and sisters, and most of us wouldn't want to call it hatred, I know. But if we have that, it's really cutting us off. Cutting us off from divine love in Christ and being the kind of Christ followers that God calls us to be. There's nothing more clear in the Bible that says we must forgive to be forgiven. We might not even know it, but it's true. Now, God doesn't ignore the older brother. He won't force him to go in the party. And God will never force us to forgive either. But he doesn't want him outside. He wants him inside. So my, my invitation to you, if you're struggling with that, is throw up the next slide for me. Because I'm going to read it. And you put your name in it. And then in one blank, you're going to put whoever that son of yours is in your life. So I'll use my name, but you use your name. Justin, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice your dad. Because your dad was dead and has come to life. He was lost, and now he is found. As we increase our capacity to receive God's mercy, and as we increase our capacity to give God's mercy, Christ's life, death, and resurrection are revealed for the whole world to see, and all of heaven rejoices. Let's pray together. God, I give thanks for this story. The way that you meet us with your grace and the ways that we need it. If there is any kind of resentment or separation in our heart towards our brothers and sisters in Christ or in our families or in our works or in our lives, I ask that we offer it to you. If anybody in this room is feeling weighed down by the burden of their own actions or their own behavior, their own secrets, their own past. I pray that they might know that you are running to them with your arms around them. Help us to be the people you've called us to be this week. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We respond to God's, um, God's word and the church by giving back through our gifts that's fun to all the ministries of the church. Thank you for your generosity.